This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Pastor Corey is continuing his I Do series with the title, Deeper. We hope you enjoy today's message. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. If you got it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, it's on the screen and the word of God reads. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Verse number four says, and when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. (laughs) Holy Spirit, help me. Verse number four says, and when he stopped speaking, said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. I don't want you to high five your neighbor, but I do want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, go deeper. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, go deeper. Come on and bless God as you take your seats. I'm going to do the best I can. Go deeper. (laughs) Family, over a month now, we've been in a series entitled, I Do moving from moments with God to a marriage with God. And and typically when I teach a topic, I teach it for about a month or so. But for some reason, God has not told me to move from it until he's done speaking. And as I was studying and praying um, last week, God gave me what I believe to be a prophetic word for this church and for all of 2020. And that is God is getting ready to supernaturally bless not the saved, but the submitted. That we assume in church that just because you're saved, that you're submitted. But everybody who comes to church is not becoming the church. And it's possible to be saved by God, but not submitted to God. And I believe in 2020, what God is getting ready to do, he's getting ready to elevate those who have relationship with him. That he's getting ready to elevate those who don't come to church, but those who become the church on Monday. And I believe 
in Luke chapter 5, it is a picturesque portrait of what God is about to do in our lives because we have submitted our life to him. This particular story and narrative can be found in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And when you put all three gospel stories together, it gives you a wonderful, complete picture of what happened on that day. Matthew and Mark, for instance, tell us that Jesus was walking down the shore of the sea. And some versions say the Sea of Galilee. This version say the Sea of Gennesaret. It is the same body of water. He comes to this area where, he's, where fishers ships are, are placed and fishing boats are docked from being out in the water. And the Bible says that Jesus passes boat after boat after the boat and we know he does this because Jesus is walking on the shore. He, he is walking and finally stops at two empty boats, verse 2 tells us, and one of the boats was owned by Simon. Somebody say Simon. The boat represents Simon, not just life, it represents his living. He, he is a, a fisherman with a fishing boat, which means the boat represented who he was and what he did. So that symbolically for us, the boat represents his life and his living, his livelihood. Jesus steps into his boat. Somebody say his life and his living. Now, when it comes to our relationship with God, our relationship with God isn't just vertical. We don't go just higher in God. What I believe our relationship in, with God would encapsulate is circular. Uh, pull up the life pot for me. That, that when we come into um, relationship with God, I have what we call a life pie. All right? And so each slice is an area that God wants to have influence in. When we talk about our relationship with God, we normally uh, relegate it to our spirituality, our prayer life, our praise life, our worship life, our devotion. But God doesn't just want your spiritual side. He wants your character. He wants your relationships. He wants your health. He wants your work. He wants your resources. And notice that character is the biggest piece of the pie. Because here it is. I've met many saved folk but mean Christians. How are you going to be saved and mean all at the same time? When it comes to the area of our resources, our finances, I've met many believers and many leaders who, would, who have a, many a great spiritual gifts. They spoke in tongues, but they didn't tithe. Because their spirit was submitted, but not their money. And so here it is. When God says, I want you to come in relationship with me, I don't just want a piece of you. I want all of you. God says, I don't want just your life. I want your living. Somebody say, he wants my living. And Jesus can only impact your life and intrude your living if he's on your boat. And if you've given command over to him, look at the text. Jesus doesn't get, just get on the boat. That's like, he, he doesn't just get on the boat. He gives a command. 
And that's like Christians who come to church just to say they came. Jesus isn't just choosing your life just to be in it. Look at the text. He gives a command. Jesus comes to preside as captain of your ship if you let him. It's, it's called lordship. See, the problem with most Christians today is that we want, crew, uh, we want a crew member and not a captain. I'll say it one more time. We want a crew member and not a captain. We want a savior but not a lord. Lord means you tell me where to go. Lord means you tell me how I am to get there. Lord means you tell me when to stop. Jesus tells Simon to push out a little, and Simon doesn't argue with Jesus and say, no, we had just got done fishing, we're tired. He doesn't say, I don't have time for this, but he's willing to surrender his boat in his living. And I come to let somebody know this is the time and year for you to fully surrender your boat to God. Ah, God. Where you surrender control of your life to Jesus because you can't get what he has waiting for you not being willing to listen to what he has to say. Teach, Corey. The text continues that Jesus got into the boat and he began to teach uh, from the boat of Simon. He uses the boat of Simon to teach other people, which teaches us a powerful principle that Jesus, the reason why he wants your boat is because he wants to be a blessing to other people through you. <laughs> uh, he, he uses Simon's boat to bless other people before he uses Simon's boat to bless him. If we're not careful in, in not surrendering our living, we'll, we'll become concerned about God blessing us instead of others. And the text suggests that you're not ready for God to bless you until you're ready for him to bless you, bless somebody else through you. See, in this culture of selfishness, we want me, myself, and I. That I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get my blessing. I'm going to get my breakthrough. But the text suggests that your first job is not what you can do for yourself, but it's to let the Lord use you to be a blessing for somebody else. Somebody say God is going to elevate you in this season of your life, not just so that you can have money, but so that you can give money to somebody else and be a blessing. God says, I ain't blessing you just to look good. I'm blessing you so that you can become a blessing and an answer to somebody else's prayer. Somebody say, make me a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you don't believe me, but I see this throughout Scripture, but one particular narrative I see this in is in Genesis with Abraham in Genesis chapter 20. God has them pray for a king named Abimelech. He has them pray that they will carry a child. For whatever reason, they have stopped having children. Here it is. Abram and Sarah, they're, wait, they're trying to have a baby themselves. Ah, they don't have a child themselves. And here it is. God puts it on Abraham's heart to pray for somebody who, to get something that he desires himself. You want me to pray for somebody to get a baby, and I've been waiting and walking with you for over X amount of years waiting to get my own baby. That doesn't make 
any sense. And here it is. Abram is Abraham is obedient unto God. He prays for King Abimelech. And watch this. Just in Genesis chapter 21, verse 2, it says, this, it says, and Sarah became pregnant and bore a son. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. You look at this. Verse 20, chapter 20, they prayed for Abimelech. Chapter 21, they got their own son. What are you saying, Pastor Corin? When you obey God and you allow God to use you to bless somebody else, God says the next chapter of your life, I'll give you what you've been praying for everybody else to have. That you won't have to wait. Some chapters you won't have to wait down the road. God says, I'll bring that thing in your life. And God told me to tell somebody, there is a Genesis chapter 21 waiting in your life. Life, where you've been waiting to see some things for God to produce in your life and God says if you'll just pray a thing through if you'll just intercede a thing through if you'll just encourage and strengthen somebody else for the blessing God says I'll position you for yours somebody shout yes you got to understand that the reason why God wants to walk and come into a marriage and into a, you into a submissive life with him because he doesn't want you just to get a blessing. He wants to make you a blessing. Somebody say, make me a blessing. The test continues and Jesus tells Simon to put out a little. He gives this command when the boat is surrendered. Watch what verse 3 says. The first command given to Simon is to put out a little from the land. Verse 4, he tells them to launch out. Launch means to venture out. It means to thrust out. It means to go deeper. Somebody say, go deeper. In both instances, He's telling him to take his boat, his life, his lifestyle, watch this, away from the shore. Because you were not created for the shore. And the space you've been in is not a bad space. It's just not the space God wants you to operate in now. And God came to talk to somebody today who is ready to go deeper. From, from where you've been satisfied to where God is wanting you. And I don't know about you, but I'm done with shallow living. I'm done with shallow friends. I'm done with shallow jobs. I'm done with shallow relationships. I'm done with shallow conversations. I'm done with shallow faith. I'm done with shallow things. If it ain't God, it's not deep. And if it's not deep, it's not me. That if anything, if I'm going to walk into everything God has for me, it's going to be in this season. Somebody shout yes. Somebody say, I want it all. Y'all, I pulled up to the um, fast food restaurant this week, and y'all, um, it was, um, I'm just gonna tell my business. <laughs> y'all, I, I went to Whataburger, um, <laughs> y'all, and I just, I was craving a burger. I just, I wanted a burger. And so, y'all, I got up to the speaker, and I was telling them I wanted, I want the double meat. <laughs> 
You know what? Gonna throw a little bacon on it too. <laughs> she said, sir, I, I know you're trying to figure out, you, you saying all this stuff. Do you, you simply want all of it? I said, yeah, jalapeno too. You just, everything that you got in there, don't leave nothing behind. Because I want everything that you got in there to get in me. And I don't know who I'm talking to. I think I'm crazy enough to believe that there are some people that's looking at God and say, everything that you got up there, I want it in me. Everything that you got in heaven, I want it on earth. Everything that you got up there, I need it in my life. Don't leave nothing behind, but let me have everything that you want for me for your glory. For everybody who want it all, make some noise. I, I want it all. Give me the works. Don't hold nothing back. Overflow, God, because I want not just to be. I don't want just a blessing. I want to be a blessing. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want it all. Don't hold nothing back. I need it all in this season of my life. Notice that the first lunch is from the shore, but the second lunch in verse 4 is to the deep. Jesus wants to launch you out from the shore to teach the word. Watch this. Peter says, Peter stays on the boat when they launch from the shore. The Bible says as he gets into the boat, he gets into the boat because of the crowd, teach Corey. He tells Peter to put out from the shore. Jesus knows he wants what he wants to do with Simon before he takes him deeper, so he repositions him. Hmm. This is important because it teaches us another, another powerful principle that before you receive from God, you got to be repositioned. Ah, ah, ah. Let me say it one more time. Before you receive from God, you got to be, somebody say repositioned. Now let me tell you what repositioning looks like. He tells him to put out from the crowd from where the crowd is. Jesus, watch this, he wants, to, he wants to get a word to you and a blessing to you, and he will sometimes have to pull you away from the crowd. I love what the text says. It says, put out to the deep. Uh, th there are some things that you need to put out and to disconnect from in order to get what God has for you. It's important that, that you put out, watch this, because crowds are noisy. And you can't hear the Lord clearly when you got a crowd noise in your ear. And could it be that your crowd may be drowning out the voice of the Lord who is trying to give you direction and instruction for where you are supposed to be? And I wonder what crowd is in your life that is drowning out the word of God. Now, Peter, watch this. He is a fisherman. It's his business. So I can surmise that there were some people on the shore that poured into his business that helped get, get him to where he was in his business. Yeah, yeah. Jesus says, in other words, I want you to disconnect yourself from some people who helped you to the point that you are, but can't go, go with you from where I'm taking you. And so don't make the mistake of trying to make people permanent in a temporary season. 
that they helped you get to a certain point. But just because they helped you get to a certain point doesn't mean that they will continue to help you get to your future. And God says you got some people that, you, that are in your past that you continue to try to make fit in your present because of what they've done for you. But the word of the Lord today is put them out. They can't go with you. They can't go with you because they're not for you. They're not what's for what's best for you. They're not helping you. They're only hurting you. And even though you help me in this season, you're hurting me in this now. Preach, Pastor Corey. You're doing the best you can. Somebody say, put out, put out, put out, put out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the time where you got to be extra alert. You got to be extra vigilant about who you connect yourself to because everybody in your life that, that comes with flattery is not your friend. Everybody who speaks highly of you doesn't want what's best for you. Everybody who is with you is not your peace. So you got to learn how to prioritize your peace over their companies. Oh, God, I preach it to somebody up in here. Can you be lonely and happy? Because God says, I'd rather you be lonely and happy than to be happy with somebody and miserable. I'd rather for you to be lonely and joyous to be having them steal your joy. God says, if you got to do this by yourself, God says you'll look in the mirror and encourage yourself like David did and say I will accomplish everything that the Lord has set out me for to, to do. I will do it all by myself. Would you look at your neighbor and say I'll do it by myself if I have to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll write myself a message if I got to. I'll take myself to the movies if I have to. I'll buy my own shoes if I have to. Something Somebody say, I'll do it by myself. What God is getting ready to do in this season of your life, he's getting ready to deliver you from people. Ah, 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 people you thought you needed, people you thought you were there for, and when you turned around, they were not there for you. God says, I'm getting ready to show you, you didn't need them anyway. Ah, I wish I had somebody that can shout right there and say, that's my word. Even though mama wasn't there, daddy wasn't there, friends tell me. God says, I'm getting ready to be your sufficiency. People will hang on to you. And when you start doing better than them, they don't like you as much. They don't, they don't celebrate you as much. Ooh, I heard your Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. God says when you start winning in life, he says, watch who celebrates you. Watch who celebrates you. And y'all know, at the level of celebration, don't match your excitement. It's, Maybe time to just put them out a little bit. I can't keep you as close because if you're going to be my friend in this season, I need you down with me when I'm down and I need you up with me when I'm up. That means when I win, I celebrate you and when you win, I celebrate you too. When I graduate, I want you to be the loudest and when you graduate, I'm going to act 
the fool. Ah, God. God says God is getting ready to deliver you from fickle friends. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Now, what's interesting, they have been walking with him for a while. But just because they're walking with you doesn't mean they know who you are. And when people don't know who you are, they'll misjudge your value. Say it again. When people don't know who you are, they'll misjudge your value. And as a result, you'll end up putting yourself on sale. <laughs> Somebody say, take the clearest tag off. Take the clearest tag off. Baby, you getting your value back. Mm -mm, I'm too good for this. <laughs> I'm talking to the singles now when he walk into your life. Mm-mm. I'm, listen, I know you look good, and if you would have met me in a previous season, I probably would talk to you, but if you ain't got no prayer life, if you ain't got no relationship, I can't do nothing with you, boo. That, somebody said, that's what we own now, because, because I value me. I, I value me. And if, because I value me, I value God. And if you can't value what I value, then you're going to have to dis dis disconnect yourself from my life because I will no longer put myself on sale. But if I'm selling yourself short, you're a king's kid. You are a child of God. You are royalty. Oh God, I feel like preaching in here. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are the apple of his eye. You are his right. Yes, God. God says you are my heart. You are my love. And nothing shall separate you from the love I got for you. Somebody shout yes. Better stop putting yourself on sale. And I know, watch this, you ain't walked into everything God has for you now, but you ain't got to walk in it to carry the worth of it. Huh? I know you may not have the business yet, but you better carry yourself like you own it already. If you can't do nothing but buy the name, get on GoDaddy and purchase the website. God says you better walk in it like you already got it. Somebody say walk in it. I know I may not have it yet, but I'm going to walk like it. I'm going to look like it. I'm going to dress like it. You know what? You got to learn how to learn to walk in it before people see your worth. I don't know why I'm on this. Because people be judging you by one chapter and God ain't done, it, done finish it writing the story. Got a revelation. I knew before I even started pastoring and preaching, God was going to fill this house. I, I knew before I ever stepped uh, foot on this stage that God was going to have me preaching to plenty of people. He showed me literally in a vision when my grandfather wanted to give me the church at 23. And I told him no because I wasn't ready yet. And Bishop Jakes said that if you ever want to kill somebody, give them a church. <laughs> because the pressure and the weight 
of ministry, if God hasn't released his grace for you over your life, it will kill you. And y'all, I definitely understand that thing now. Waited until I was 27 and God gave me a vision before I took over the church that the church was filled. As a matter of fact, I was uh, getting ready to be offered a permanent youth pastoring position at a, at a church that was thriving. And we had just gone through a rough season and a split and there were not that many people here. And I'm like, yes, God, this is my opportunity to leave. This is my opportunity to make it in ministry. I've always wanted to be full-time ministry. Here it is. I'm getting ready to be hired at a prominent mega church as a youth pastor. And I'm, this is my ticket. Y'all, I went to sleep that same night after they offered me the position. And God gave me a dream with y'all in it. The church was full. There were black people, white people, Asians. There was diversity. There was generational diversity. And here it is. I said, Lord, the devil is a lie. Because my now didn't look like my next. Took over the church. Preaching to 20 people. Inconsistent folk. Stay home. Because they toenail hurt. Just wait a minute. <laughs> Want me to pray for your toenail? And yet expect you to be consistent. I'm preaching to pews more than people. But I didn't allow my, my now to determine my value. I knew who I was. I knew who God called me to be. And so as a result, I didn't put myself on sale because I would have sold myself short. And some of us will sell ourselves short because you're judging yourself by the chapter you're in. But your current situation is not your final destination. Somebody say, my current situation is not my final destination. God, who is the author and finisher of your faith, he's still writing your story. And I dare you in 2020 and for the rest of this year to keep on walking. And as you keep on walking, he gonna keep on writing. And I declare over your life as he writes that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what he has in store for you. Somebody say, keep walking. <laughs> Here it is. He says, put them out. He says, I want you to get away from the shore. And I want you to go out into the deep. Now, if the story ends there, that means uh, he's, he's heard the word, but hasn't worked the word. Some of us, we have a verse 3 religion, where all you've done is heard the word but you've never worked the word. But to work the word, you've got to launch out into the deep. Somebody say, go deeper. And the text suggests 
that if you're going to work the word, you got to go deep. Now, here is the question, why the deep? I got an answer for you. Psalms 107 verse 23 says, they that go down into sea and ships, that, that do business in great waters, verse 24, these, what do they do? In his wonders, where? Let's read that one more time. It says, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders, where? On the shore? In the shallow? Where do we see the wonders of the Lord? God says, there is a level of me you ain't seen yet because you ain't went deep enough. The difference between shallow water and deep water is though that go, those that go into deep water see the wonders and power of God. And you can't see that kind of power with a sure life. Here's, here, here is the, here's the principle. There are no wells at the shore. There are only small fish at shore level. And here's the principle. Write this down. Some of us, we want well blessing with goldfish obedience. I, listen, you can say it, read it, tweet it, type it, Facebook. Listen, this is our, listen, I came here just to just say this right here. Some of us, we want well blessing with goldfish obedience. And God says, if you want bigger, if you want to catch what I have for you, then you got to launch out to the deep. Somebody say, go deeper. Another reason uh, he wants us to lunch out from the shallow water is, like I said, is to disconnect us from the crowd. Th that means then the crowd I disconnect from can still get back to me if I stay on the shore. In shallow water, people I put out can easily get back in my boat if I don't lunch out into the deep. So sometimes God asks us to go deeper, not just so what we can catch, but so that nothing can catch us. <laughs> so when you go deeper, they can't even get to you. When you go deeper, that's why you can't even connect with some people anymore that you previously connected, to, connected with in a previous season. It's because you went deeper and they didn't. Conversation is just different. Our, what we talk about is just different. Our goals, our ambition is just different. So, so we ain't even got nothing to talk about. Because I don't went deeper. Somebody say go deeper. And when you go deeper, it doesn't mean that you're better than someone. It doesn't mean that you're holier than now. It's just that you are tired and fed up with a sure life. And I don't want to live my life not seeing God's best for my life. And here it is, 2020 is a year you need to hang out with people who are seeing the supernatural being manifested in your life. 
you got to make up in your mind what waters you're going to live in. Either I'm going to live in shallow water or I'm going to live in deep water. And this time you got to decide, are you going to be a Sunday church goer or are you going to be in Bible study? Am I just going to come to church or can I come to prayer? Am I just going to come to church or am I going to tithe and serve? Am I just going to come to church or am I going to become the church? Somebody say go deeper. This is the prophetic word that God is getting ready to supernaturally bless your life. But also, as I was reading this text, Jesus gives one last command. He tells them to launch out to the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And this second time when they went, they caught so many fish that their nets began to break. The first time they went out to fish, that they were unsuccessful. The first time they went out to fish, they didn't catch anything. But the second time, they went out obeying the voice of the Lord. They went out submitted this next time. And when they went out submitted this next time, they caught more fish that they could even keep for themselves. I come to tell somebody that when this next time, when you get ready to do that thing again, God told me to tell you that this next time, you're getting ready to be successful. God says that thing that you thought was failure and final. God said this this second time, this next thing, this next opportunity is getting ready to work. It's getting ready to flourish. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, say this next time is getting ready to work. This next relationship is getting ready to work. This next job is getting ready to work. This next level of friendship, somebody say it's getting ready to work. I believe that God as you go out a second time to do it, that as you go out submitted, that as you go out obeying the voice of the Lord, this next time says he won't end in failure, but this next time you shall succeed. This next time you shall be victorious. And I wonder, do I got any faith-filled people that can say, you know what? I was discouraged. I was disappointed. I was frustrated, but this time, when I get ready to do that thing, I'm going to thank God that it's going to work out for my good. I speak this over your life, that what the enemy meant for evil, God says, I'm getting ready to turn it around for your good. God says, I am the God that causes all things, not some things. I cause all things to work together for them who love the Lord. And I called her to his purpose. Somebody say it's gonna work, it's gonna work, it's gonna work. Come on, I know I don't want you to high five your neighbor, but I want you to nudge your neighbor and say, Yeah, that business gonna work. That relationship gonna work. Come on, bump your neighbor and say that thing gonna work. That child is gonna work. That school is gonna work. Somebody say it's gonna work. All you got to do is take the same thing, the same boat, the same life, have Jesus in it, and when you launch out to the deep. This time God is getting ready to blow your mind. Somebody shout yes. Now what I love about the text the King James Version says that he caught fishes. Fishes as I looked at it ain't even a word. And the Holy Spirit told me that's because God is getting ready to give you something you can't even articulate. Ah oh, God. Oh, God. 
God says, I'm getting ready to give you that's beyond words. That when you try to tell people about it, you're going to be lost for words. I wish I had somebody to believe by faith that this next thing that God is getting ready to do, the only thing that I can say is, but God, <laughs> that God did it, <laughs> that God provided, <laughs> that God made a way, <laughs> that God opened the door, <laughs> that God brought me the success. <laughs> somebody say, but God, 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 I failed, but God, damn, he allowed me to win again. I didn't succeed, but God allowed me to get the victory. Somebody open up your mouth if you know that once you do it again, that you're going to have success. Somebody shout yes. I'm only talking to this a minute. That's why I know everybody ain't shouting. Because some of you, you've already settled in your life that you're going to live a saved life but not submit it. Go ahead and enjoy your short life. But for everybody that's getting ready to go to the deep, why don't you stand up with me and shout with the voice of triumph and know that God is getting ready. I said, I dare you to shout by faith. I dare you to open up. I dare you to open I said, that this next time, this next time, it will work. will work it will work it will work it will work I said it will work I said it will yeah, come on say it. I don't care what it is I don't care how many times you fail I don't care how tired you are Come on and put a praise on it and say it will work. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. If you would like to partner with us and give on today, you can give via cash app, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.